what happened to the the type shows when we were kids. When we were kids, Beretta, Beretta, yeah, oh, yeah we're yeah, single, yeah. you know. Yeah. And there was a guy that you know played pool, but in the meantime yeah. he investigated whatever, and he didn't even wasn't investigated. The best show ever was Quincy. Good show. Oh yeah, fucking guy was a. We, my yeah. family used to watch that. Fucking all Quincy the time. was yeah. only one guy. I, know. I remember what was the show when we were kids on NBC with Rock Hudson. Rockford Files? Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Yes. What is it? Rockford Files? No. No, no. Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. McMillan or something? McMillan, uh, yeah. McMillan and wife. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Cannon? Cannon that's was... What, that's what I'm saying. Cannon like, was hysterical. Take those kind of shows, Beretta, Columbo. I'm the guy that could do it. I'm the kind of guy that could bring the fucker back. If they have the right writer and they write it with the right sensibility, I could do that. 2013. Maybe she'll produce it, Courtney Cox. He was like 400 pounds, but you shoot him from eight feet and he go like. You this. could be the fucking boss. You could, could be, be like a can. boss. Sure. You could be the. Sure, I could be could like be your can. Charlie. Yeah. Absolutely, I was. Well, about I could that. definitely see a Rockford Files kind of thing, but you're in a trailer in Topanga. Andy Dick is your crazy neighbor living in a shed. <laughs> and you solve crimes. And every day Why you not? want to yeah. strangle him, but right before you're going to strangle him. But then it has a sense of humor, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right but it's real. Right before you're going to fucking strangle him, a buddy comes over with a piece of paper. You got to go see this guy. Yeah. He wants to ice himself or something. I, I, there's definitely room for something like that. You know, a throwback. I love throwbacks. They don't do them enough. Are you an actress too? Um, you know, I am a comedian, but I did do some acting, and uh, uh, I did do some. You yeah. know, yeah. I'm not. Uh, I don't like to audition. I can't <coughs> audition. I audition. Yeah, auditioning is the it's worst. A joke. And I hate when you go into a room when you audition, and every chick that's in the room but you, you saw on TV on the last three days, and you're like, oh fuck, really. Really? <laughs> you know what it's I intimidating. Mean? It's Sometimes so intimidating. Yeah. I've been I've been up for some big stuff. Like I once was up for friends in the Lisa Kudrow part, but then I think it was a trick because they all the time wanted to give her the part. You know how they right. do that, right? They it's just early. do that. They get the to, offer out. We love yeah. you. We love yeah. you, but it ain't going any further. What the fuck is that? <laughs> we love you. Or like, you know, I had a guy I auditioned years ago for this Kelly Ripper thing, and the guy goes, he was an Italian guy, executive producer, he goes, you're really great. I saw you in this federal hell years ago. I thought you were going to be a fucking movie star. All this bullshit. And then the guy goes, you should have your own show. You're actually too powerful for her. What fucking good is that? I'm trying to get the job here. I'm too good for her. So you're not going to cast me because I'm overqualified? You know what I mean? Or another guy told me, I had an audition where you came out of. The guy, I guess, liked what you did, but... He goes, could you do like when Nick the Toro? He goes, when Nick the Toro was just here. Why don't you fucking give Nick the Toro? He goes, how am I, I going to do what Nick the Toro did? I don't know what he did. And first of all, if you want Nick the Toro, then hire a Nick the Toro. Why are you amazing. asking me to do what Nick the Toro did? It's amazing. How I, I heard this boy. fucking actor told me the story. I almost fell over. I said, what? The guy told you to do what I, what I did? Could you do like, what, could you do like, maybe I, maybe I had an interesting take on it. But for whatever reason... Maybe they didn't see me physically or whatever. You know, you never know what's in their head. You never know. That's why auditioning is a crock. It's a sham. It's bullshit, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, it is. I mean, I, I, you know, I rarely got things from auditioning. Very rare. I'm very, very lucky to get a couple of nice jobs from auditioning. But most of the time, you know. I like auditioning. You do? You I do? fucking love it. Why? I love I like auditioning more than getting the job. When they call me for wardrobe and I gotta go work and I gotta drive to Calabasas, that's when it's all You audition for Longest Shine? Yes. Yes and no. Yes and no. It was it was funny because I sent a they didn't want to see me, so I sent a tape. I went to Houston, Texas, 
And before I left here, my feelings were very hurt. They said, we want to see a star name. And in Houston one night, I was doing fucking coke, and I was up, and I was <laughs> thinking, and I came to the conclusion that I followed Paul Mooney for all that time. I go, who can they go with? They're either going to go with Saragusa, who's a great character, Sharippa, who's a great character, or Big Pussy, who's a great character. But as far as Adam Sandler and funniness, I wow. knocked them all out of the box. It's sure. just, this is the truth. I, I'm experienced. This is yeah. not a, a right. sham. Or so do. I've done the halftime at a Buffalo Sabres game. So I got up that day and I went to a fucking play it again sports and I got a helmet that was too small that they had a pound into my head and I was 400 pounds and I got a shirt that was a 1X and I put it on to show every fucking roll and I went and bought a football and I had Chuck Savage throw the ball to me while his wife taped uh -huh. on the field. And then I took a scene from the movie and I just did it by myself at the thing and I sent it in and they didn't want to see me. And by the time I got back to LA that Monday, they had called my... Uh, agent said Adam wants to meet with you and Chris Rock uh, because amazing. I went and but they didn't want to see me oh they so initially they told you no they wanted to go with a star name they wanted a big name yeah and I just went out of the initiative and made a fucking tape and sent yeah. it and even at the lunch when I met them they were like wow we're only gonna really hire you for four weeks they didn't decide to the first week that they were gonna fucking keep me with oh, three really? outs and all that shit that's when they oh, decided they weren't, they weren't sure they weren't sure and then they put because the, the training camp I guess they only wrote me in for a couple of weeks and then I wasn't going to come back. So they said I was only going to be in New Mexico for like three weeks. Oh, yeah? So then after the first week of triads and my fat stomach, when my ball came out Adam of the short, said, that's Adam, it. they said, there's a contract in your thing. And I'm like, what contract? And they go, you're going to put you on an F-Series. You're here for the remainder. Remember the day they wrapped us and then they unwrapped us, but you didn't go back. I didn't go back. I went back. I told you to go back. <laughs> They're fucking guys. I said they, you know, they wrapped us, and 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 I go, Joe, I'm on my way to the spa with some place where you get all these, you know, waterfalls or whatever. It's a thousand. I, I don't know what it was called. Anyway, I said <laughs> they wrapped us. They wrapped us, and then Joe, Joe's like, ah, fucking, I'm not going back. I said, Joe, we gotta go back politically. We gotta do the right thing. We gotta go back because I'm not going back. I said, I'm going back. All right, fuck it. I turn the car around. I go back. I go back, and they wrap me again. But they thanked me for going. I'm like, see, Joe, you should have fucking came back because, you know, Joey was just, that's how Joey was. He didn't mean anything by it. But, you know, he was like, I'm not fucking going back. No way. They wrapped me. I'm not going to be on it. I got wrapped and I got wrapped again. <laughs> oh, they wrapped you? Oh, yeah, but I wanted to do the right thing because there was a lot of, you know. We're back, bitches. <laughs> Joey Diaz, uh, Felicia Michaels. That's right. Being the Beast podcast, what's happening, you sexy, sexy motherfucker? Oh my goodness, She's like really you, like you, really? You know, I did really comb my hair for you, Nikki like I did comb my hair. She's, she's hot. She's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, this is no I, you lie. know, the, the, when we leave beautiful, here, I'll tell you her credentials pretty, and, and then they're die. sexy. And you she's sexy. No, 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 I mean it. Like, I have a thing for Hannah Storm right now. I'm like fucking in love with her. But she kind of reminds me of that type, and I'm like, it's like I, my my taste is changing again. As I get older, yeah, yeah, my buds are changing. I always taste does change when I you get know. older. You I'm a sucker for woman. white yeah. women. Yeah. I'm starting, I've always I'm been starting a sucker to go for back women. to the, the 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 I'm the milky white. I don't oh, know. Oh, I love it. I, I know, fucking but, love it. But she's it. got it going right on, on. Right on. And I am smart enough to where I invite people in in a dark space with one light in the corner to halo my hair. But it's really funny, Felicia. I gotta tell you this, and not in a bad way or in a yeah. sexual way. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we just had men for guests. And the next day when I call them to say thank you, 
I swear to God, they're like, bro, that blonde blew my fucking mind. Oh, and really? they go on a tirade, like Ed Suarez, one of the tirade, Brody Stevens. Was About like, her? Yeah, Brody Stevens was well, like, I've known her. the sweetest I've known ever. of her for 10 years, but you really. Where are you from? Uh, I'm an army brat, so I grew up a little bit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. She's the real thing. <laughs> By the way, for those of you listening, we have a Nick Turturro in the studio. There's my boy. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Joey Days. Nick, now where are you from originally? Queens? I'm from Rosedale, Queens. It's, uh, Rosedale, Queens. Right by the uh, the swamps, uh, the by the Rockaways. The plane just to come right, over I know my house. Exactly. Yeah, I almost exactly. land on my house. When I was a kid, I'd be on the phone. They go, "What's that?" I go, "It's a plane." We basically, come over. My father used to say we lived on a fucking runway because that's Laguardia. There's no Kennedy. Oh, you're in the oh, county. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, you go down my block, across the uh, Hook Creek over there, Hook Creek Boulevard, and you're in Valley Stream. So I was on the borderline of Queens and Nassau, but I'm a Queens boy. The other day, we were at a, a funeral. My last uncle, the last Totoro, my father's brother, passed away in Howard Beach. And we got out of the car by the church, and I said to my brother John, I said, uh, I said I'm home, man. Fucking home, man. Because I know when I'm in Queens, I'm a Queens, but I'm a suburb. I'm not a bro Brooklyn's weird. My brother lives in Brooklyn. It's like a different city. It's like I, I, I like Manhattan. I'm not a Brooklyn guy. No one we know about Brooklyn. Like in Main Street, the De Niro goes, "Where are we going, Brooklyn? What do we know about Brooklyn?" He goes, "He goes, do I know the jungle?" Harvey Keitel goes, "Cause we don't know Brooklyn, Charlie. We don't know Brooklyn. Why are we going to Brooklyn?" I love that fucking movie. Brooklyn Main is like. The fourth yeah, largest city. But I'm a city. Queens. Isn't I'm it? a Queens boy. Yeah, that's, the, Bro yeah. that's the problem with Brooklyn. That but you know what's it's funny? a fucking melting pot. We used to go to Howard Beach from Rosedale as kids because we didn't go anywhere. We weren't like the Brady Bunch. If we went like 10 miles, it was like an event. So going to Howard Beach was like my cousin's house over there. That was like, we thought that was so far. It was eight miles. Eight miles away. And I'm like, Howard Beach, man, that's far. Yeah, but it wasn't that far. It was only eight miles. And people tell you, like, that's all the way at Howard Beach. Yeah. Because that's all how they the say yeah. You got to go all the way to Howard, Howard Beach. Beach. So you get so scared. Yeah. You know, you're like, where the fuck am I the going? Bow Wow, man. Cross Bay Boulevard. The original Lenny's Clam Bar. It was special. Then you go over the bridge, Rockway Playland, the fucking roller coaster. Oh, man. Now, I was when you get there. off the airport, what? how many? Like, when I get off Kennedy, Kennedy? I said, that's the first. Kennedy, five, ten minutes. You're at, that's it. Oh, that's, really? You know, you're right there. Yeah, wow. You're right in Queens. Yeah. As yeah. yeah. soon as you get off Kennedy, like the, the, the second conduit, exit or the something, conduit. it says Queens. Yeah, and no, you you're, in, you're, in, you're in Queens. You, the Kennedy Airport was, they come in a couple of ways. They come in over Howard Beach. They come in over Rosedale or Woodmere. Rosedale's in the back, swamps. You know, like, uh, they got the conduit back there. They had a plane that went down one year. I was watching the Yankee game. I think Bonds, Barry, Bobby Bonds was playing, 75, I remember. I always was sick with fevers when I was a kid. Had a high fever. And fucking, we heard something <laughs> on the other side of, we heard something on the other side of Rosedale with the fucking, you know, we heard a boom or something. And the plane went down. A basketball player was in that. A crazy guy played in the ABA, Wendell Ladner. This fucking guy ran after Rick Barry. I saw Rick Barry in the ABA. I saw the ABA, man. Me too. Dr. J too. and his yeah, afro. That's my yeah, league, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. I was an ABA Fucking renegade too. league. Oh, my God. Love the ABA. I, I didn't know about this. Oh, what? the ABA is romantic. Really? It's like... It was like it was like what the NBA wanted to be. It was cool. It was and nobody, cool. Nobody showed All up. All these was crazy only... motherfucking oh, brothers. Afros. They had cheerleaders, but they had Julius Irving and Dr. Larry J Keenan and Larry and all Keenan these basketball and George players that were Dan very Nichols, exciting. The red, white, and blue ball. 
The three point. That's where the three point. That's the where the three point, point came oh, really? from. Yeah. They didn't play much really? defense. Wow. No, nobody played defense. Fucking high scoring. Billy Pulse. Billy Pulse. John Williamson. Super John Williamson. I used to yep. run home Super to John. watch Doctor J. I saw the last game in '76 oh, when the Nets won the championship. And I would sit I was, there and cry. I was a little kid. I was on the court, the the Coliseum. And, and I think some guy, some girl was on his girlfriend or boyfriend's shoulders and I was squeezing her ass or some shit. You know, she was I was on the court, everybody celebrating. No, no one pays attention when they're celebrating. Right. And I think I was a little kid that was squeezing her butt or something. I don't know, I was, I was mischievous. I didn't know that you were an uh, Emmy-nominated actor uh, from uh, twice. NYPD. Uh, twice, NYPD. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. In the first season. Were you surprised when you were nominated? I was blown away because when I first got on the show, uh, it was like I almost didn't even get an audition because they, they wanted to see only Puerto Rican guys or something. Uh-huh. And this woman, her casting lady, I'm not going to say, she wouldn't let me in the room. And my agent was this funny guy, this guy Marty Lisak. He was like, don't worry, honey. Don't worry, baby. I'm going to get you in. I'm going to get you in the room. I was a doorman at the time. And uh, he finally said, it's happening. I'm getting you in. Bochco and all these guys were in New York seeing actors. And I ran up there in my doorman pants and threw the sweatshirt on and they didn't ask me if I was a Hispanic. Well, it was about New York cops. The guy's name was Martinez. But I was really, you know, innocent and kind of virgin-like. I had done a few Spike Lee movies. So I was doing it, like, on the side. Uh-huh. And the year before, I actually did a pilot, a sitcom, called Better Days for uh, with Thomas. It didn't get picked up, but I wore a big turban, whatever. And I was, you know, it was crazy. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I was, I was on the door, and then I figured, well, I got to go back to the door. And then... then they loved what you know I didn't have many lines in the audition it was just like hands up I'm up for that I don't know it was just like a couple of lines uh-huh. and, and they said they love you they love you honey but they don't know if you're if you have any Spanish blood my brother was like I told them you were Mexican we said no 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 not them don't say Mexican I said tell them Puerto Rican tell them whatever I don't know just tell them something but uh, I said what's the difference I'm ethnic I could be fucking anything I'm New York I'm as New York as they come you know, and so they, they, they finally gave me the part. And then I didn't know nothing about television. And my, my agent goes, this is going to be a huge show, baby. And I said, really? I didn't know. Which better not knowing. You know, and then, and then he goes, you have 7 out of 13. I didn't know what that meant. I said, what is that? He goes, well, you're guaranteed 7. I said, am I a regular? Uh, yeah. I said, are you sure? I wasn't even sure if I was a regular. I wasn't a regular. Make a long story short. After the few, first few shows, they kind of fell in love with the character. They go, we love you. You're going to be in the opening credits. And I was like, yeah, I thought I was in the opening. I thought I was. They go, nah, and I had a little trailer. Then they moved me across the street with all the big guys. And, and then the rest was history. And then the show hit. And I did 20 out of 22 in my first year. you know. And, and the show was just, I didn't even know how good it was. Now when I look back on it, it was really stunning. Red Dog, he was great. You know, Caruso took Jimmy me under Smith. his wing. I mean, that first the year white was, fucking dude, but the then big dude. the show gets acclaim. It gets nominated. My mother calls me in the summer. She goes, Nicholas, the show got twenty nominations, and you got nominated. And I went, What? Oh, your mom? My told mom you? called me, and I was like, Wow! I had the chills because I was like, I dreamed on being, you know, or whatever, making it, being on the television. I never even thought about it, but I had done some beautiful work. I mean, it was like, sort of a, like a sweet, beautiful character. 
And you know, I, I, Emma Caruso was kind of funny. I remember when I first was on the show, I said to him, I was like nervous, and I looked up to him because he was he was intense. He fucking brought it. And I said, <laughs> I said, I said, Dave, I said, Dave, you, you think um, you think I'm doing okay? Is you know, because you know you're young, you're insecure. And he was beautiful. He goes, fucking beautiful. Whatever you got going on, don't let anybody fuck with you. I said, what? Don't let anybody mess with you. I said, okay. So I said, just listen, whatever he said, because it's beautiful. He saw that I was very like naked, you know? Uh -huh. I was, I was I was kind of raw, and I was doing things just like by, by accident. Like I was telling this guy yesterday, I said, what's great about, you know, like we were talking about actors the other day, me and my brother about Pacino. What's great about Pacino still, even though sometimes he's over the top or he strikes out or he hits a home run, is that he, uh, was, uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, he still has a bit of amateur in him. And I think you gotta always still have that, that it's not so polished, that it's not so fucking, you know, that you still have that, there's a little amateur in your work, that, and, and it, because it, it's good that you have that. It makes it real. Right, it makes yeah. it real. It makes it real. It makes it real. And I think I mind. still have retained that, you know, even though with years of doing it, I still always feel like, do I know what I'm doing? I'm not sure. I know when it's good, you know, but yeah, that, that was an amazing year, an amazing, that was an amazing time in my life. I mean, it was just, I couldn't believe it. You know, when you're in it, when you look back on it, you go, wow, did I really appreciate it? I think I did. I just was in it, and it was just, you know. And then the second time I got it, it was great, too. I was in Mexico doing some rinky-dink movie, and they were like, you got nominated. I got a bottle of shit. And I was like, wow. I was sitting next to Bruce Willis, and I thought I was going to win. You know, I was sitting <laughs> next to Bruce Willis and Demi Moore, and he, you know, they set my category, touched me, rubbed my shoulder, and I was like, oh, shit. I had a big fight with my wife that day. That was a bad day. Like, everything went bad. And I'm like, here I am at the Emmys, and we're fucking fighting. It wasn't fair. But, <laughs> oh, my day. Don't you, know? you fucking hate that? Oh, I hated it. I hated it. But anyway, I mean, it, it was it was great being nominated. And you know, when you don't win you just you go it's just it's like it's over <laughs> you know you had all this build up it's almost better just being nominated and not hearing who wins yeah. because then you don't have the letdown of like oh shit i thought it would have been nice to get up there and and and, and go wild you know because i probably would have i would have probably went wild knowing myself i'm very i'm very excitable very emotional. <laughs> how'd you get how'd, how'd you get into this whole fucking thing how did you get into acting so what happened, you know when i was a kid i sang I, I i was still a pretty good singer i did ballads they thought i was going to be like sinatra but i never studied i sang in front of the, the, the relatives in high school i was in guys and dolls as a senior I was Nathan Detroit. Everybody thought oh, I was going to be like fucking. They said, you're a natural. You're a natural. My brother went to school. He was doing plays. But I always had like a lot of natural ability. And then I got, I did a year as a theater major at Adelphi. I was wearing tights. I felt like a fruit, whatever. I, I didn't, I got married to a neighborhood girl first time. Had a kid. I got stuck as a doorman. So I kind of let the dream go. Even though I was, I had done a couple of little plays. Even my brother was like, you're a very talented guy. You, 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 you know, what are you going to do? You're going to be in front of this door with this hat on your head? You know, this isn't, you know, like, and I saw my brother get out of college, grad school, and his career was taken off. I went to see him do a movie called Five Corners. I'd never seen him film. He was eating a pie with his finger. And my face just, like, I had, it just seemed so, like, I said, wow, this seemed exciting to do. And he goes, you know, you got it. You could do this if you wanted to. So I was starting to take some classes with this guy in Modica in New York on the side and so I was thinking about toying about it he was doing a movie with Spike and um, 
do the right thing, which Joey loves. You know, put some extra mozzarella on that put motherfucker. Put some mozzarella on that yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, your, your joints are fucked up. That's <laughs> yeah, sweet yeah. Dick Willie. Yeah. So anyway, I was over there and I said, man, this this is a fun set. Maybe I come down and be an extra one night. He goes, man, you want to do that? He goes, I could have maybe gotten you a little part if you really. Said, yeah, just come. I went for, it was a riot scene. I was a cop. It was just something to do. I was hanging out with him and Danny Aiello. I was supposed to go back, I think, on a Monday. I had to go back to work at the hotel. So I didn't go. And Spike was like, what's up? Where's your brother? I liked him. I don't know. Maybe like my face. I'm like, what the fuck did he like? I was just, you know, an extra. They're burning the pizzeria. But that fall, <laughs> uh, the phone rings, 8 o'clock in the morning or some shit. And he goes, um, let's speak to Nick. I go, yeah, it's Nick. Who's this? He goes, Spike. And I'm like, Spike? Spike who? I'm thinking, who the fuck? What's Spike? You know, you're half asleep. I go, Spike Lee goes, yeah, what's up? And I said, hey. I'm like thinking, I fucking I barely know this Spike Lee guy. I go, what's up? He goes, how you doing, man? I go, good. I go, how'd you get my number? He goes, from your brother. He goes, would you like to do some looping for do the right thing? I don't know what looping is. I have no fucking idea. I go, yeah, I'll loop. I'll loop. He goes, all right, so come tomorrow. We'll do some looping for do the right thing. So he had me scream racial obscenities for like three hours and told me, you know, I could say Molignan, whatever. I could go, I could go wild. And I did. I went nuts. I mean, I, I said everything. Everything, you know, derogatory. But you know, my, my affection for black people is huge. Because you know, Italians and blacks, we got a big love affair. Love, hate, whatever. But anyways, um, he loved it. He was on the ground laughing. Hysterical. Now, what did he tell your brother? This is my he called time. my brother and he said, I brought that boy into the studio and he went off. And he meant it. <laughs> and he meant it. He goes, Spike's a big fan of yours. I said, yeah? And you know, I go, that's great, you know, because it's like the Spike gave a lot of people. The great thing about Spike was he recognized talent, raw talent. People, not only people like my brother who was studied, but people like Rosie Perez, people from the street. You know, Spike, no, he had a good Steve eye. Steve White, yeah, oh, yeah. Movie was very Martin good. Lawrence. Yeah. Martin Lawrence, you know, uh, right. Spike had an eye, and he saw that I was a raw fucking kid. What, what? So he said, I gotta tell you something. You got a big fan in this guy. And I said, yeah. He goes, Spike's writing a new movie, Mo' Better Blues. And he goes, he's writing a part for me, and he's writing a role for you. I said, what? He's writing a role for me? What do you mean? Because he's writing a role for you and me in this new movie. We're going to play two Jewish brothers. I said, really? I couldn't get over it. I was like, I'm going to be, I was a fucking nervous wreck because I'm like, wow, I'm going to be in a movie with you know, my brother, Denzel. We played these two guys, the Flatbush brothers, Mo and Josh. And we did a good job, you know, and it was, a, it was, I was really like, a wild experience for me. And then I had to go back to the hotel, but I said, man, and Spike goes, I'm doing another movie, Jungle Fever, and you're gonna play like this kid, Joey Farmer. So I was starting to like build some confidence with him. Then I got an agent. Then I started doing a couple of little things on my own. I did a few little plays. I got a little TV work. Uh, so I was building up. I was doing it like two, three years on the side. And I'd go back to the hotel. I'd still be the doorman. People were noticing me, Matt Dillon's, one day he goes, yo, you're a good actor. What are you doing here? I go, this is my job. I got to eat. He goes, hey, but you're good, man. I saw you in some shit. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, you know, I was I was building up. And then finally, when I got the NYPD Blue, I figured, you know what? Fuck it. I've been out here with this hat on my head for 10 years. I'm either going to make a living at this or not. So I, I resigned. I resigned that, like, you know, after 10 years because I had been doing the acting. It was really become my focus because I'd be in front of the hotel. I wasn't even, I would be just talking to people. I was more, I was socializing. I was always, you know, he's an actor. He thinks he's an actor. And I was like, fuck you. You watch. You see. People were, 
People were noticing. They were like, I was in Newsweek. And they were like, you're back on the door. You're my hero. You're in Newsweek. And you're opening the door the next day. You know, because I had a good part in the Jungle Fever. So even Spike thought, he said, I almost think you still stole the fucking movie, you and Sam Jackson. Because I was really like... I was, no, tremendous. I was possessed. Yeah. Even my brother guys. goes, you, you two are guys focused. Were tremendous. You're focused in that movie. I had the Sergio Tacchini suit, the white fucking decks. I was really like, because I was hungry. You know, I was so hungry to do it. The Gator Dance. Yeah. The gator. Well, let me tell you something. It's funny because... Spike was good back then. I wouldn't watch Do the Right Thing. Do you know that? I would not watch it. Good movie. I was like, I'm not watching that fucking movie. Right, right. And I had a course at the University of Colorado, a sociology course. And he gave us three movies. He goes, this is this movie is a really great example of what goes on in that neighborhood. Watch it. And I watched this movie like... You know, like when somebody invites you to something, you don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. I watched yeah. this movie and I was blown the fuck away because I heard spick, I heard nigger, I heard white, I heard all this shit. But at the end of the day, these motherfuckers all live together. Yeah. And that was the story. Yeah. But at the end of the day, with all the niggas spick yeah. and fuck you, Puerto Rican, the, ending was a little the weird. Koreans, the ending, the ending was weird. weird. It's a little weird. But it still <laughs> tells you, and it's yeah. so funny that about. Ten years ago, I there's a saying in that movie, the guy that went on to fucking do a thousand things. He's the guy that's the black militant. And at the end of every conversation, Mookie, stay black. And I loved it. I fell in love with that. Like, stay black. Yeah. How fucking great yeah. is that? Like, I stay know. white. Stay, it was 1987 yeah. or something. And he's like, stay black. And yeah. I'm like, that is the best saying. And one day I'm at somewhere and it's a room full of black people. And I go, all right, Sky, see you later. And on the way out, I go, stay black. And it was like somebody scratched the record player. Yeah. Because it, <laughs> yeah. the room shut up for two seconds. Then they nearly fucking died. Yeah. And just that reaction, I said, I'm going to use that every day. That's why I love that <laughs> yeah. movie so much. You're right. You're right. It's that, such a beautiful film. It's a beautiful film. To the, the ending is flawed. I love the fucking movie. But, you know, the ending is, is a bit flawed. You know what I mean? It, but it does make you feel different things. So in that way, you know, it gets a little political, the ending, with the throwing the thing through the window and the guy getting choked his fucking lungs out. You know, but, you know, you can understand. It escalated and... But the whole movie was. But the movie's dynamite. It's what I live through every day, and I laugh at the end of the it's day. It's stereotypes, but it's, it's true. It's stereotypes. When it's he true. takes John to tour into the hallway. Yeah, that's and classic. And he says to him, who's your favorite basketball player? <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan. Who's right. your favorite Prince? Eddie Murphy. Springsteen. Yeah. Prince. Springsteen. Yeah. Goes, so how do you sit here? And it's like me. I'll sit there all day and go, these fucking yeah. niggas, <laughs> these fucking chicks, these fucking this. But, you but at the end of the day, I got a fucking Richard Pryor poster on my wall. Right. At so you're not day, really that prejudiced. I will suck Julius no. Irving's dick. Right. I will suck right. it. The ABA, right. I would have sucked <laughs> his dick. Yeah. Do you understand me? And you're Who saying. Who taught me how to fucking dance? Joe Tex and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Right. Who the Soul Train? Right. What the fuck? So when I say nigger, if you take it seriously, you're a fucking you're moron. A moron. Because you're a moron. we that's how we that's grew how up. Talk. That chick on the court. Right. Where are you going? I'm going to the chink store. Yeah. But then you go to the chink store and yeah. you're talking to the like, hey, how you hey. doing? Hey, what's going on? I like on? when the Chinese guy goes, yeah. me black, me you black. Ain't black. You ain't black, me black. <laughs> because <laughs> 
this is what it's right. like. Who yeah. cares what comes out of your fucking Leave mouth? Leave the Chinese alone. If I'm striking you, that's hatred. Right. But who cares at right. the end of the day? Right, right. Who that's cares? True. Unless you're in New York, you don't understand that. You don't understand that. that. You understand and that. it's like all day, we pop these fucking niggas. Pop these. This. Yeah. Pop that. And at the end of the day. Meanwhile, you want to bang them. You meanwhile, you want to attract them. How can you be a racist if I cry? You're not really a racist. How can I be a racist? You're not. This is what I tell people all the time. I'm not a fucking racist. This is just the way it's you survive. It's bullshit. It's what you're taught. It's what you're, you're taught. taught. Don't go out with a black chick. Or don't go out with a Chinese chick. It's all in your fucking head. And then you get past that and you go, it's bullshit. We're all the same. Who gives it's a really fuck? bullshit. You just... If it wasn't for Soul Train, I'd be a fucking robot But that's around. why that movie's funny. It's very, it's very and that's the funny. thing about it. That's why that teacher said no. it's the biggest sociology <laughs> lesson. Yeah, I saw that movie with get. Spike and John with all black people. <laughs> fucking great. What the? Oh my God, man. My goodness. What a laugh. What a laugh. This is what it's all about. This is what podcasting Holy is about, shit. bitches. And it's so funny how I use another thing. Felicia, how many fucking times have I said to you, don't forget about me? Yes, a lot. You know where I got that line from? Way before I met Nick. Oh, I know. To live and die in L.A. To live and die in L.A. John Couture. When he goes to visit, he comes out, he's in jail. Those are lines. These are lines that have changed life. He has a K.O. pectin bottle at the visitation. don't forget about me. He knocks in the glass. I know, straight in that. Don't forget about me. The guy goes, we're working on getting you out. He goes, yeah. And the check is in the mail. I promise not to come in your mouth. Yeah. I mean, the lines are fucking. You sit there. Last week, I was looking at the 40th year of The Godfather. Good movie. And this really, I left there that day going, wow, did I just read that? How great was that? The second greatest quote voted by the American Film Institute. Number one is, frankly, I don't give a damn. But number two is, I'm going to make him a one-offer he can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a beautiful line. No. I'm gonna uh -huh. make, and if you watch Marlon say it, it's not right. like, I'm going to make him. I'm going to make that motherfucker. No, but no. the way he did it. The way he did the it. delicacy, you know. Yeah. He, he fixes his tie and he goes, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. You know, he was so refined when you watch him. That was what was beautiful about him versus like these other mob movies where the guys are like kind of, all these kind of Mama Luke guys. But Brando had this... He was, you know, you know what it was about Brando. He was macho and he was vulnerable. He had both things. He was very like vulnerable, you know, and he was very. He could be very macho too early in his life, you know. But you saw it. That's why he was. That's why he's the best. He's the best. As much as I love all the other guys, you know, De Niro, Pacino, Duval. For me, when I watch acting. It's fucking Marlon. Marlon, Marlon is the best. I tell people all the time. He's a beautiful you can save guy. Save your fucking money on acting. Beautiful guy. And just rent the Godfather. He's a sexy and motherfucker. Just go too. into different scenes and watch what he does, and then you get the backstory. Did you watch him. I watch him in on the waterfront. Watch him oh in God. Last Tango. Watch him in in the Godfather. Last Tango. Oh my God. That's that's like acting on another level. Yeah, he was on another level. That's like on a, that that's a, that's like your your your, sh your socks are your shoes are blown off, and you're sitting there with your mouth open. You go. Uh, you know, that's like going to school. When you watch great acting, I tell people, watch it. Watch it. Because you could fucking learn if you got a brain in your head. You don't have to go to an acting class. That's bullshit. I tell people, the Godfather. You watch. Godfather watch is brilliant. Your face turns green. Brilliant. You'll learn how to do everything. And they're all everything. great. They're let all me, Let me ask you this. Like, who have you personally ever worked with? Were you, uh, were you ever a little starstruck with someone? Oh, sure. I mean, sure. who who would be the number one where you're just? I like, tell oh. you, I, I got a little starstruck with uh, 
with Uncle Bert when I was in the scene with Bert Reynolds because I fucking you know, I watched Bert Reynolds as a kid, man, and I've seen him in all these fucking movies. And he's kind of like my, I called him Uncle Bert. He reminds me of my Uncle Mikey. And I was like looking at his mustache. And it's like, holy shit, I'm with Bert Reynolds. You got to get past that. I mean, but you have those experiences where you go, wow, holy shit, am I really with, I'm really with Uncle Bert? You know my what trailer I mean? was next to Nick's in New Mexico. And in the morning, if you went outside, I would smoke pot in the front of the trailer. And Burt Reynolds would walk up to me and go, what are you doing? <laughs> it was something <laughs> that, you know, I knew that this, this podcast, you know, I wanted to have Nick on because he's hysterical. He's always made me laugh. If I consider friends I have out here in L.A., it's Nick. But one of the things, like for me, getting the longest yard was so great, but so bad in many ways. But it was... The stories with Nick that nobody will ever know, like that you watch the movie and you're like, that must have been a great movie. Nobody, I mean, I remember the wrestlers when they would tell the staff that if they didn't work by nine, they were going to go out and get beers. You imagine going to people saying, <laughs> it's a wild experience. If we're not working yeah. by nine, nine, not twelve, not one, yeah, nine, people we're going to go out and get beers. People getting high. People they went and got blenders. Nine. And, and they would send the PAs for cocktails. Are you and, serious? Oh my God! Not Goldberg, but is that normal? Kevin Nash. No, that's not, not like a normal this. movie. Not like this. Really? Water girls. Adam had all these water girls to service the men. With whatever. bikinis and umbrellas, really? so the sun yeah. wouldn't get you. <laughs> Adam Sandler. That's why I stayed to myself with all that testosterone. I wouldn't even go in the shower with all those guys because they're huge, and I wanted to keep my little bit of you know macho sanity because they're like Nick you're gonna shower with us I was like no way I said you know I'm not walking around with you guys and you know they're bigger than life and they're hanging by the you know I'm like I'm not going in there it was too intimidating I needed to have my own little you know I'm not gonna shower with Michael Irvin and all these guys uh, you know it was just too much it's really weird but I'll tell you what Robert De Niro hired me for a miniseries to play Sammy the Bull and that was a that was really exciting because my agent goes Robert De Niro wants you to be Sammy the Bull. I said, are you sure? I was like in disbelief. He goes, no, it's coming from De Niro. I said, tell me again. He goes, Robert De Niro. And I said, no, tell me again. He said, I'm telling you, motherfucker, it's him. I said, okay, I'm just fucking checking because I was supposed to be in this movie. It never got made called Out on My Feet about an Italian boxer, Vinnie Curto. He's a character. Character. And, 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 and they're going to give it to Mark Wahlberg. And I said, why? how come Mark Wahlberg? I, that's me. That's me. But De Niro had the audition tape, and he was carrying it in his pocket, I heard. And I heard he was saying, I got the bull. I got the bull right here. Meaning me. I didn't fucking know he even liked me. I knew he liked my brother, and then I get this call, and I couldn't believe it. I had to ask NYPD Blue. I said, could you guys let me out to do this? And they would go, what part? I go, Sammy the Bull. But which part? I go, to play Sammy the Bull. You really? I said, yeah, motherfucker. I mean, it's from De Niro. <laughs> could I go do this? You know. But when I got the call from him, he used to call me, to, he would watch dailies. I would chuckle because they go, oh, Robert De Niro's on the phone for you. And I'd be like, you know, I wouldn't know what to say to this guy. But he was funny because he was like a family member. He would repeat himself like, he'd say, yeah, it's, it's good, Nick. So I go, it's good? He goes, yeah, it's all good. So it's good. Yeah, it's good. So it's good, right? So I go, well, what do you think? Ah, he goes, yeah, you never know. I go, yeah, but you know more than me. I'm asking one of the guys. <laughs> but then he would call me like, like little things like, hey, Nick, watch the recoil. I go, huh? I'm looking for an acting note. You know, when you shoot the gun, watch the recoil. Oh, okay, Bob. You know, he goes, hey, well, watch uh, the, uh, Tom's accent. You know, I go, oh, it's his friend Tom's accent. He's from Michigan. He's Italian. I go, what am I going to do with his accent? He goes, watch his accent, Nick. There's nothing I can do, Bob. He's your friend, you know. 
I don't want to offend yeah, them. Yeah. You know, you, you you know, you hired them. What am I, he's from Michigan. What am I gonna do? But he'd be like, yeah, his fucking cufflinks too aren't right. He'd look at little things like that. Little things. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm sure. Yeah. I live next door to the girl that, that played exciting. the, the dancer sure. in Casino. And she told me that scene took 16 hours because they would shoot it and he would come back and talk to Scorsese. Yeah. And then an assistant would come and tell you, stand two inches. To That's anything. what my brother told me. He said, it's, nothing it's, is too boring for this guy. This that, is just amazing. You know, that, he goes, I realize why the guy, is, he's not the most naturally talented but he could probably outwork in, in his heyday. I mean, now he's more commercial. But in his heyday, like, you know, if he if he had to put, like, a glass down, you know, he could, like, uh, wait a minute, let me do it. Yeah, I do it like that. Now, let, let me do another one. He could do it, like, a hundred times. The obsession. The, and if you could see it in his work, it's in his work, like, when he goes, do you hear me? Did you hear me? You hear what I said? You heard what I said? You heard? That's him. That's who you are always comes out. There's parts of you that come out in every character. You're not that character, but you use yourself in the in acting. That's the biggest thing. You always put yourself in it. It's not that it's you, but that obsessive quality. Because my brother has that. My brother's a, a, you know, he like folds clothes and I do something like with my wallet. Like when he holds, he does a funny thing. He they're very obsessed people in my family. Very obsessed. And De Niro has that. Like he'll he'll he doesn't even know. Like you're having a conversation with him. He'll go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Open and close his wallet over. Yeah, and but over. you know, he he did he's like you're like not even there. He's like mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stop yeah, molesting yeah, yeah. that but, wallet. Then, then he turns around and goes, yeah. You know you know what I'm talking about, Nick? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like oblivious to what he did. I've seen him wash lettuce, rewash it and then yeah, fucking crazy things, obsessive things. We have a brother who's not that well, but he's really obsessive. But my brother is too. You know, he'll say to me, "You say the same thing over and over." You are. I'm like, I say the same. We do repeat ourselves. But I'm like, you are. You know. And when he met De Niro, his wife told me, well, when he she direct he directed him. He goes, that guy is fucking crazier than me. You know, at the end of the movie, he directed him <laughs> in this movie after my mother died. Uh, it was a spy. It was an FBI movie. Uh, I forget the name. The Good Shepherd. So I guess John told him that he had to be done at a certain day, and 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 Bob said, you know, everybody was kind of like deathly afraid of him. My brother respects him; he loves De Niro. I love him, but he's like not afraid of him because John's like, you know, because so John said, yeah, I'm done today. This is my last day, and De Niro was like, I guess he wanted them to stay some more, so he went to see him. He said, so you're done? He goes, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> so you're done, like a like a little kid that you know, like couldn't get his yeah, candy. Yeah. So you're actually done. He goes, I'm done. But if you need me, Bob, I'll come back. So you're done. Yes, I'm done. I'm finished. But if you need me, if you need me, <laughs> I'll come back. He's okay. Okay, guys. If, if I need you. But he had to tell him probably like, I can imagine that scene. I'm probably not even doing it justice. Well, I think it's you fucking, are because I can imagine it's it. It's fucking yeah. brilliant. So you're done. Yes, I'm done. So you're leaving. Yes, I'm going to leave. So you're done. Yeah, I'm done. So you're gonna leave? Yes, I'm leaving. But if you need me, if you need me, I'll come back for you, Bob. You know what I mean? I'll be back. Okay. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> like that exercise I did. This guy Modica, there's a San Sandy Meisner in acting class. It's a great exercise, but it'd be so funny because he would sometimes give you the words. You you'd have to look at the other person. The person looks at you, and you put your attention on them, and it always would start out something like this. So, so you're angry. Yes, I'm angry. You're angry. 
Yes, I'm angry. You're angry. Yes, I'm angry. You're upset. Yes, I'm upset. You're upset. I'm upset. You're upset. Yes, you're upsetting me. Yes, I know I'm upsetting you. You're upset. Yes, I'm fucking upset. That's why I don't go to acting class. No, this was a great class because sometimes you didn't, if you went to your head and if you went to your head, Bob would go, Dolly. He had a switchblade. He's Robin Modica. That's not it. That's bullshit. You went to your head. Did you look at this man? Did you not look at him? Did you, you have to stay truthful to what's going on. I've seen it get physical. Did you not see this man? Sometimes, if you didn't know the word, but you were feeling it, he'd write it on a pad and go, you know. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's wow. funny. But, yeah. but it had to be what you're feeling. And if you really did the exercise, you could have an out-of-body. But if you went to your head and tried to manipulate it, go, that's not it. That's bullshit. Like one time he'd say, go outside the door. Think about why you're coming here. And when you know why you're coming, then come and knock on the door. So one time this guy was like, knocked on the door. The girl's doing an exercise. He was like, hello. And, and, and the girl was like crying. What do you know? She was uh, whatever. She was upset. And she was like, you know, and, and, and he wasn't listening. Open the door. You know, he was like, just like not listening that she was fucking upset about something. <laughs> so Bob goes to her the door and spit in his face <laughs> and it took that to wake this fucking wackadoo up when she spit in his face he was like that's what it took motherfucker <laughs> you know he was pretty harsh because I mean I know I talked to Paul Savino one time he goes his daughter maybe studied with Modica and he goes yeah that motherfucker is nuts I was like yeah but I love him because it was like my father teaching acting it was harsh, but it was fucking great. And when you did the exorcist, but a lot of times, you know, you try to teach kids and they try to get slick and manipulating, but you have to be, you have to, because it's moment to moment. And that's like acting. You, it teaches you, you're not that you have to always look at the person, but it teaches you to stay in the moment. Because when you're there, that's when interesting things can happen. Not manipulating. There's a lot of guys that try to manipulate. They're manipulating. And you can see it in their fucking work. Sometimes you can sense it too. Because I've worked with guys like that. They always try to like fucking, you know, it's got to be about them. Where it's not just about the fucking, let's have a, let's have a great scene. And we have a better experience. You know, be secure. If you're good, then it'll make me good. When I first met you, it was really weird. It's so weird how your life works. I was on NYPD Blue, and I liked the show as a fan. As a guest star? Yeah, I I, uh, I, I did something in a bookie hall or something like that, and it was really funny that... What year? Was I there or I was gone? No, nah, you were gone, and it's yeah. funny that I, I watch it. I watched it as a fan, and I watched you, and I never thought about it, but I really got into the episode when you were going to hit up on the lesbian chick and whatever, she became a lesbian or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I met you, and we're in the longest yard, and I watched you do do, do dramatic work. Right. And in the longest yard, I tell you, there were days you were fucking hysterical. I mean, you know, it's funny that they they brought in all these guns for the longest yard, but it was the inner nucleus 
who really hit home. Like they were watching us going, what the fuck are these guys doing? I mean, Chris Rock is always going to be Chris Rock. Right. Tracy Morgan was fucking hilarious. You yeah, know? it was funny in that movie. And it was uh, funny. it's just really weird that, you know, I felt very insecure on the set until the first day. Mm-hmm. And then it was on, you know? And, right. And like I said, that movie was bad and good for me because it made people aware of me, but it also, I didn't get along with a lot of personalities on mm-hmm. the movie, and, and it backfired against me. Mm-hmm. But for me, coming from garbage, being in prison, and just being a comedy store, Stand up, it meant the world. That yeah. I was, you know, I look at that movie now and I don't watch it because I hate watching myself. But for two to three seconds, I'm like, you know what? Whatever happens today, if I get killed, I was in that movie with Burt Reynolds, who I seen the original at the Union Station. I'm a, right. you know, I, uh, wow. You know, I was there with Adam Sandler, who I, I never even liked, never even fucking liked Adam Sandler till I got to the table read and the motherfucker got my bags and carried yeah. them up the stairs with flip flops yeah. on. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand. They don't see. Right. The, the biggest thrill for me, I told Felicia, and you could. It was the table read. Yeah. When fucking what's her name came in, and she goes, "Am I the only fucking woman in this movie?" What's oh, Cloris Leachman? Cloris Leachman. Yeah. And she pulled up her shirt and showed these fucking udders that were tits, <laughs> just to let everybody know what time it was in the room. Like fuck you, motherfuckers. And there I am at this thing. I'm a fucking. I'm doing blow. I'm barely paying my fucking rent, and I'm sitting next to fucking the guy, Luther, from 48 Hours. You know, come out to play, eh? And fucking <laughs> right. just warriors. And I'm sitting next to fucking Romanowski, who beat the fuck out of somebody with a football helmet. And I'm sitting next to Michael Irvin to my left, that was fucking yeah. the hookers the and strippers. Eccentric bunch of people. It was something that we're, we're in this assembled. room, <laughs> and all of a sudden they bring in food, and I'm hungry, and I got, listen, yeah. no reason to lie. I had $10 in my pocket, five for cigarettes and five for whatever, and I had uh, a little bit of weed. And, and all of a sudden, they're like, well, you're going to the airport. Are we going to LAX? No, you're going to Van Nuys, and you're flying. And it was me, Bob Sapp, that fucking gorilla of a man, and Dalip, seven yeah. foot one, who was eating 18 eggs for fucking breakfast. 18! Oh, really? 18 fucking hard-boiled eggs. Plus, and then he'd go to the thing, and then they'd give him chicken cutlets. He'd eat fucking 90 chicken cutlets. Wow. And all of a sudden, you fly down there, I check in, there's a table at this gorgeous hotel, there's a little Indian guy playing a flute. And here I am, a piece of shit, I was just break, breaking into houses 10 years ago, and here I am, and all of a sudden they give me an envelope. And in the envelope, there's rental car keys and $800 cash. Fucking per diem rental per diem, car. Per diem rental car. Best. Are you fucking, the they didn't best. even ask for my license. I didn't <laughs> no. have a fucking license. That's Adam Sandler, bitch. I know. Okay, they didn't say, can we have a copy of your license? Who's your now insurer? Now it's fucking local hire who got you. Fuck you. I mean, and here I am in a rental car with $800 in my pocket. Car. Sending money Santa to Terry Bay, to buy groceries yeah, and cat food. And, and we're drinking in this hotel. Here's Buffalo this, burgers. Here's this fucking Michael Jordan. Michael Irvin would walk in this hotel with white people, with no shirt on. Of women. I saw him from my balcony one time. I said to him, "I said, Mike, I saw you in, uh, getting in the limo with like you know eighteen girls." He goes, "You saw that? Yeah, my, my secretary. My secretary." I said, "Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, Mike. I don't give a shit." And we were in New Mexico. <laughs> my, my secretary. And he's having parties every week. And Tracy Morgan is hilarious. And we're having these parties, and Tracy Morgan kept saying, Adam Sandler, you see that motherfucker right there? That's oh. my motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. That motherfucker yeah. got me that a butler. And then I'm dying because Adam Sandler is such a genius because he wouldn't even pay attention to Tracy. Like, yeah, yeah, Tracy, right. whatever. Just let him go. Yeah. Just let him go. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. Well, yeah. he's crazy. Just let him fucking right. go. Let him, let 
What the fuck the fuck are you? And that's what the beauty of that. I learned so much about comedy because I learned, I learned why. Yeah. And trains, planes, and automobiles. Why Steve Martin played the bro he did. Once I understood that. Yeah. You know, there's rumors that when you do work with other comics, if you say a line, the star of the movie fucking steals it. You know what it is to go into your job and look at a scene and walk you know, in, and Adam's like, "Listen, you know what I like about Adam? We're gonna rewrite this he, motherfucker. He, if you're if you're funny and you got something." He embraces it. He embraces he, it, he's man. He's not a guy. Go, he's bitch. Not, he's not a guy. He came up to me after the first in the tree out scene. And I didn't really know him, hardly know him at all. And he said, dude, you're going to be funny in this. And he and I said, yeah, thank you, really? So I just, I came in with an idea. The character was nothing on paper. He blew that up for me. He's the one that said, have Nick say this. Have Nick. Every time he handed me the ball, I was ready because I had a character in my head. And I grounded him. And that's why it was funny. It was only funny because it was like I grounded it in something. I had like a real character. And then he enhanced it. He saw that and he fucking developed it on the fly. It was a nothing, was nothing. character yeah. that became amazing. one of the characters in the movie you remember. But Adam, he saw that and to his credit, you know, and I, I, I you know, he really let me go. And, and, uh, you know, he developed a beautiful, a memorable. You know, you can almost fucking take that Brucey guy and spin him off because kids love the guy. They love the guy for whatever reason. He's one of the guys in the movie that just stood out. But I have to give him the props because he gave me the ammunition. You were, you remember, right? You know, he'd always and then the punch lines or whatever. He, he, he fucking always, hand, always, he hand the ball. Man. Very generous that way. You know what I mean? Not like with some guys you know, they got you can't be funnier than no, that. No, no. Like, I felt that one time you. in an audition with Billy Crystal. He goes, can you improvise with me? I go, yeah. He goes, you're funny. I said, yeah, oh, thank you. I'm funny. Said, you're funny. I'm funny. Let's do it. And he's like, and then they said, yeah, he loves you. We want you to come back. I said, I get it. I fucking see it. You know what I mean? Some guys don't want to be, you know, they get a little intimidated yeah. or whatever. This guy might take my thunder or whatever. I Not never him. felt that way with Adam. If you're a funny guy, whoever you are, Sandler loves comedy. He, he likes it. talent. Loves well, let me ask you this then. What is it like when you're doing a scene with your brother? Like, like is that... Uh, is it's it exciting because he's intense and, you know, he's fucking creative and you know you got to up your game. But, but, but it's very... It's it's stimulating because he's a stimulating guy, and that's the way I learned to work. I learned a lot from Adam and other guys. I shot this little pilot now. I've been tinkering with for two years. This doorman thing, and it's pretty damn good now. And I'm starting to like maybe get some heat with it. I shot it. I directed it, but I learned a lot working with guys like because because comedy wise, I had a few pilots years ago that just missed getting on the air. I came off a of drama. People didn't know I wasn't like a stand up, but now because of those movies, there are people that don't know me. From the acting world, they go, oh, that guy's a comedian. I go, no, I'm not a comedian. But they maybe know me from those movies. Right. So they think I'm like Joey or something, but I'm not. Whenever some people say, yeah, you're a funny guy, but you're a fucking... Did you ever... I go, no, I, I'm not a stand-up. I don't pretend to be. I, you know, But I'm just saying that he's a guy that I learned a lot from, and I learned a lot from my brother. You learn a lot from a lot of people. Then you just take it, you make it your own. I got my own fucking style, my own sensibility, and I, I know what... I try to keep... Like a lot of times, you know, Adam would say, well, you know, say it like this. And I'm like, yeah, but let me do it. I'm going to still deliver it my way. You know what I mean? I, I, I you know, I, I still, so I keep some of my own, you know, and I'd say, I'd see he'd laugh and crack up behind the camera. A lot of times he would watch off camera, 
He's like, well, Adam's going to go watch it. He loved it. He loved it. He loved all that shit. He's giggling. They come yeah, over. So it's it amazing. Good, great, it's dude. Amazing Spike was shit. like that. He would give you, I would say, comically, I like that about him. He gives you, he give you that, you know, uh, he give you that, that little, you know, extra like, dude, that was great. That was funny. You know, obviously, you know, it's their thing. So you got to kind of give them, you know, not that they always have the right, you know, they want what they want, what they think is funny. But what I think is funny sometimes may not always have the same taste. But but I, I think it was great. I think, I think you know, just comically being around people like him and his mind to see the way it works is, you know, it's he's a pretty freaking uh, fascinating One, uh, one day we were at the, we were in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And my balls always pop out of my underwear <laughs> for some reason. Always. <laughs> just pop out. Those whitey tighties. I've seen them. And yes. I had a pair of shorts on and I had just been there about maybe eight days. I was still pretty. The first five days I didn't work. I was just in my hotel room. They were doing like uh, just uh, shots. But the second week we went to work. And I think like the fourth day, I didn't say much. I was, I was just happy to be there. I didn't want them to send me home. And I'm sitting there minding my own business and I see people walking by and giggling. I don't know what the fuck they're giggling at. And all of a sudden, Adam Sandler, I'll never forget, walks over with his little sunglasses on, stands next to me. What's up, baby? Nothing. <laughs> What's up with you? Nothing. He goes, hey, uh, your speed bag is hanging out. I go, what? And he goes, your fucking speed bag, your nutsack. <laughs> what do you want to do? <laughs> and this is, you know, the, and he's speed giggling. <laughs> he's telling these women to shut the fuck up. He's loving it. Uh-huh. He's loving this ball sack out. And throughout that whole shoot, he'd come up to me very quietly, not in an embarrassing way, and go, how's the speed bag doing? And then we get to Paramount, because we shot six weeks. We get to Paramount. One day I got a knock on the door. Doom, 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 doom. Sandler wants to see you. I'm like, oh, no. He found out about the shirt. He found out about we called. We insulted the guy with the sandals, something. You know, because they would have these calls for us, and we'd go there for like 545. You know, we clipped the shirts and everybody oh. clipped the pants. I thought they were going to be mad at us. I go to his little office. They got a basketball court. There's people with skateboards. You know, if you ever go to Adam Sandler's office. On oh, Sony. Yeah, it's Sony. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's they awesome. got skateboards. Yeah. And it's a kid's house. You know, yeah. it's a kid's house. And I sit down and he's very serious. He goes, listen, this afternoon before you leave, I want you to do me a favor. They'll pay you. I want you to shoot something for Nick Swanson. And I go, really? And I go, what? And he goes, I just want to shine your ball sack. And I'm thinking... You're fucking, and he's serious. He's serious. His mother's in the office. She's giggling, you know, and he's like, yeah, they'll come get you in a little while. He goes, go back to your room. I go back to, I'm thinking this is a fucking joke. An hour later, I get a knock on the door, and it's a kid with a cart, and he goes, get in. Come on, let's go. It took me to, like, Studio 13. They had the lights set up under my waist and everything. Adam's like, I got a makeup girl coming for your nutsack. I mean, he was hysterical, and they put that video in one of Nick Swanson's but that was his sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. He's got a fucking yeah, a sense fucking of, crazy humor. of humor. Where somebody else would come up to me, an executive producer, he and gets gone, that crazy you're disgusting, shit. you should send you home, that's sexual harassment. Fucking Adam Sandler yeah. was loving it. He loves it. I shit. seen him at a UFC, and he came up to me and said, how's the speed bag? You better put it away. Somebody will kick it here. I mean, that's how funny <laughs> that's that funny. guy is, yeah. but that's yeah. what, you yeah. know, and it was, uh, it was a great experience meeting these guys and just... The fucking stories, like just, just the Burt Reynolds. That was things. a special movie. When he brought Dom DeLuise to the set, he brought Dom DeLuise to oh, the fucking that had set. Pretty Are you fucking amazing. kidding me? Yeah. He would tell. I remember one day he took me and you or somebody, or me and Lobo, and he just 
tell stories about him and Clint Eastwood when he was an actor in New York and he was, what's his name, Rip Torn's roommate. And Rip Torn brought a piece to an audition, to an Ali Kazan audition and threatened Ali Kazan. <laughs> and Ali Kazan threw him out. He goes, this is my fucking roommate. Wow. You know what it is to hear those stories? Tough guys. And you're a fucking yeah. macho guy. And if you watch the scene when I'm tackling him, there's a, a thing where we're starting to get better and better. There was a day when I had to tackle him. That guy was old. But let me tell you something. He was fucking strong. Yeah. He Hell was yeah. fucking he was strong. He was a real He was a real ball player. You see an original? Well, he's a stud, man. He's a fucking... He's a fucking and listen, stud. when we were kids, listen, you watched the beginning of the longest year when that motherfucker walks into the bar after he throws a car in the fucking lake and he's got that warm-up stuff. puts that fucking girl against the wall Are you and kidding chokes her? And chokes her? You that's couldn't do that fantastic. shit. fantastic. You can't do that today. You can't do that today. <laughs> but that's Snacks awesome. Her, uh, yeah, well, fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, it's probably a good reason why. No, but it was just something about Burt Reynolds at the time. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't, when I was sitting there, I'm saying that machismo. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was sitting when there. men were men. See, today we like wimps. We can't we can't come there. That's why I say I'm a cheap replica of my dad. That fucking generation, those guys were men. They were fucking men. I mean, you know, today it's like fucking we're like girls. They know. giggle and shit. I, you know, man, I try to be a fucking man every <laughs> fucking Sexy, day. Man. Fucking guy, man. It's kind of Marlboro man, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm in the scene with fucking Bert. And he was like, You got it, kid. Yeah, I said, yeah, you think so, Bert? He was like, yeah, I know. We either got it or you got it. Thanks. I said, man, fucking Bert. Gave me a stamp, all right. <laughs> I remember one day we're shooting the scene when we're all eating turkey or something. Yeah. And uh, it's a big scene, and they had cranberry sauce and chickens and all this. And I remember that uh, Goldberg brought in a bunch of kids from Maury Povich's show that were, like, sickly or didn't have good homes. And that was a day I got, like, a half a pound of weed and brought it to the set. And it wasn't just regular weed. It was this shit. So it was me, Nelly, and we're all smoking on this motherfucker. They're all high. Stoned to the gills, and we're eating this food. <laughs> we ate so much food, they're like, guys, stop it already. We don't have any backup. We ate everything. The chicken, the cranberry sauce, all those fucking scenes. <laughs> yeah. We were just killing them. We ate up all the props. <laughs> ate them up. And they were like, what are you going to do now? Please don't. Please don't. Nelly was good in the movie. Nelly was Nelly tremendous. Was Nelly I love was, that scene by the book. That's a good scene. Yeah, Nelly was, and he was such a. When you see somebody like Nelly, that you know, so honest. They offered him a TV. Yeah. They offered him a TV show, and they were going to pay him all the loot, and all the loot couldn't. They even were going to shoot a show around him in St. Louis, a scripted show. That's how much the studio wanted him. Back but, then. Back then, yeah. but his agency said two hundred thousand an episode. You make three hundred thousand. On a Friday night. Why are you gonna fucking go work on TV when you make that shit on a Friday night? So that's the only reason why he didn't go on the TV. Oh yeah. Because he was such at the time. I don't know what he's doing on the road now. Right. But we had such a, a weird, uh, you know. Even Romanowski was fucking weird to yeah. have him around. That's a murderer. He's a fucking weird. That's guy. a murderer. He told me some shit. That's a murderer. He told me some shit. Yeah, he didn't he like me. Was, oh. He was okay with me, but he told me I. He, yeah, he, he was likes a lot of people. Yeah, he fuck. Look yeah. at the tackle. Who is this? His name is Bill uh, Romanowski. Bill Romanowski. He played for the Broncos, yeah. the Raiders, and the he's Niners. Wild, dirty, player. wild steroids, yeah. spit in your face, yeah. gouge eyes. You know, one of Sandler these. Sandler uses him in little things. Yeah, Sandler because he's fucking crazy. He's crazy him and his wife. I mean, yeah, not steroids. Uh, st the whole, yeah. He still oh, yeah. sends me powders like a neurological. He told me one time he's Nick. Yeah, I bit people, spit on them, kick them. He told me I did whatever I had to do to Anything. get him. Anything, a linebacker, it's yeah. tiny. When you see him, you're like. <gasps> 
you're tiny, bro. Mm. But that's why. Yeah. I remember I just went to him, that scene I did when they tackled me. You no, know, it was cool, the Buzz. I like the Buzz. Buzz was cool an education in itself. It's a cool dude. I cool, sat with him because people would go cool home guy. on the weekends no. and I would, and some people would stay. And he stayed one weekend and I was intimidated at first. I mean, he played for the Seattle Fire. I was in prison when Bosworth ran. Nash was when, uh, in the movies. When what's his name ran over him. Remember that Monday night game when uh, yeah. with Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson. Like, I, I told him, I said, yeah. and he told me once, he goes, I was the most hated man in football. I go, yeah, but you were killing him because he would walk into a stadium. Why was he hated? Because he, oh, that whole persona oh, he had. The haircut. He was a genius. See, they knew he was going to be a star when he was in college. Warner Brothers gave him a three-picture deal. As soon as he signed to play pro sports. They knew he was going to be a movie star. They knew he was going to be a movie star. So they oh. gave him this huge contract with this huge deal. So now he was on the fence. So he started playing football. And he was telling us the stories. Like even the, the, his own organization. Was he a good football player? Oh, his own organization. So what happened? Him. They considered him a rebel. Like uh, if you don't wear, if you don't Did he get blacklisted? Shirt, yeah. If you don't wear your shirt in your pants. Oh, yeah. It's a $45,000 yeah. really? fine. Like if you don't tuck your shirt in on Sundays, he would wear it out. They would take his whole game check, but he didn't give a fuck because he had ten million in the bank. You follow me? It took him all these years of therapy. He told me he woke up once and his shoulder was on a table. He had that operation. He goes, I woke up during the surgery and the fucking my shoulder was on the table. But he was a scam. Oh what happened was this: they when they drafted him, he had bogus shoulders, but they passed him through the insurance and they got a Lloyd's of London insurance policy for ten million. So they always knew. They didn't test him at the Columbine. It was all taken care uh -huh. of. So it was just a really interesting story. But the guy was a great football player, but his genius, he was the dice clay of football. When you walked into an arena, yeah. there was a thousand people with shirts that said, I hate the bars, and they had sticks with a face saying, I hate the bars. The only problem was he owned the company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he owned the company. Yeah. So every time he walked into an arena, yeah, they sold stuff, but 90% of the stuff they sold was his stuff. He was selling shit. What did he, he play for a year? He probably played for two or three years, and then Seattle. He told Seattle, me what right? Seattle did to him. The city or the organization? The organization. He had to move to Hawaii and go to therapy for five years. Really? Yeah, it was fucking crazy, man. I found him to be, I mean, a pretty cool dude. I don't know the guy. You know, Kevin right? Nash. You had listen. One well, he had kind of a big movie career, right? Yeah, but one night Felicia, because it was it was really weird. We were the convicts, and there was the guards. Mm -hmm. But it kind of broke up into that way. The guards hung out with the guards, mm. and the cons hung out with the cons. Yeah, it was groups. Yeah. But the, the guards were Hot fucking <laughs> The guards, it was, the guards were the wrestlers, the two wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, the couple football, football players. players. So they were yeah. all guards. Yeah. These guys were drinkers. There was a little three-seat bar at the hotel. It was Fucking a Santa Fe Yeah, boozes. They broke into the bar one night because they ran out of booze. Another <laughs> night, they knocked on my door and said, give us your refrigerator. Really? At 2 in the morning. I'm like, what? And they're like, give us your refrigerator. I don't know what they were talking about. I'm like, no. And they're like, we'll give you the money for it. We need all the little bottles, the airplane <laughs> bottles. Wow. That morning, I woke up, and downstairs, there was a table at the breakfast table, and all the bottles had been turned over that they drank, those little airplane uh -huh. bottles. It was covered. These guys did that five nights a fucking week. 
Wow. So I mean, you're never gonna experience a movie like a movie that. like yeah. that. That's what people it do was, not you know understand. It was really something. Uh, there was trays of food, Felicia. When we were in New Mexico, they would bring food to us, like girls, smoothies, protein shakes. Out in the field. The prison. Oh, the prison. Okay. Like, Everybody had, you know, something. Something going on. The prison that they built the set for us, but the prison where it was at, there was a riot there. In the 70s, it's called the butchers, something. Right. You a lot can't of people even, got killed. A right? lot of people got killed. They turned off the electrician. They were cutting the guards' heads off and putting them on sticks. When they turned the lights on after the riot, the feds mm -hmm. had to come in with the National Guard. They thought that they had broke the pipes to the place. When they turned the lights on, it wasn't pipes. It was blood. That's how many people they killed, the blood. So the producers made a deal. If you spent the night in the prison in the morning, no questions asked, they gave you a 1000 bucks. Nobody made the night. They said it was haunted. They even had an Indian really? come and bless the set. Really? Yeah, this yeah. is. Did you t think about doing eerie. that? No, I never no. thought about it. They said that they kept painting the the floors, uh -huh. but there was so much blood in the floors. After 10, 15 years, the blood would still come up from time to time. They had to paint twice a year. Wow. That's and it's a, the butchers uh, something. It's the yeah. Santa Fe, New Mexico prison riots. If wow. you want to get the book, it's the butchers something something. Fuck. I love weird. Santa Fe. What a great. Artsy fartsy town, but I fell in love with it. Yeah, it's pretty nice up there. I like the vibe there, man. That fucking vibe was, funny. you know, if you had the money, that'd be a great place. It to was have Boulder Light. You've been there, Santa Fe. Yeah, yeah. It I was very Santa Boulder very Light. Nice. They had very a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Very, very romantic. Yeah. The hotel we were at. Yeah. That's the first. That's the that's the I, I did town. something. I did something in Santa Fe I hadn't done in a long time. I picked up a little girl at that hotel at that bar, and that's the one I told. She's like, I need. She Tracy Morgan was fucking around with her first. And she was swallowing the whole bottle in front of Tracy Morgan. And Tracy Morgan's like, tell me you want a black baby. Oh, shit. Right? He was tell nuts. me you want to suck some black dick. And I mean, there's a table full of guys with a, <laughs> an Adam Sandler party. And finally, I go, fuck this. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I get to leave. And the girl's yeah. like, she's joining. She's like, do you know where to get coke? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't know. So I took her home. And I fucking had a bare aspirin for my heart that they gave me. And I crushed it up. <laughs> and I put it in aluminum foil and I told the Noriega was downstairs and I went downstairs and made believe like Shit I met Jack. Noriega and I came back with the aluminum foil and I started giving her little bumps of this fucking aspirin and her hips and her jaw started gyrating it was fucking crazy Felicia you couldn't write this shit and before you know it the girl's like do you have any porn it was crazy <laughs> and then when she seen the girl sucking dick she's like oh, I could do a way better job than that well go ahead show me I mean, it was crazy. That's I don't know a, if I'd want a girl that was John sucking on my dick. Why not? You know what that's, I the, mean? that's all that's, I'm that's, saying. That's the, that's the motor reaction. The throat's working. There's just you know no what I'm way you can, you can protect <laughs> yourself from them fucking teeth. We <laughs> had a we had a really really, and I I want to thank you, Nick. Thank not you only so for much coming for on, but for we being my brother it. all and these you are years. Fucking I'm awesome. I'm here yeah, for you, baby. You're a bad motherfucker. And, uh, I'm, I'm a fan. You know, it's funny because like the the tutorials like the fucking Wayans. You know, they got like nine actors now in the family. You know, your <laughs> cousin. Your, and now we got <laughs> yeah. your son and daughter. The Barrymore's in New York. Yeah. The Barrymore's yeah, in New whatever. York. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. It was really nice fucking having Thank you, man. like my Thank brother. Thank you very, very, very much. I knew much. you'd be an interesting sure. fucking guest. Yeah, you were. You made me laugh, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. And now I for like a word. Partner. And now <laughs> for a word from our sponsors, motherfuckers. All right? You want to buy somebody a gift, something neat, posters, a book, a DVD, a coloring book. 
go to tainteddivisionart.com. All right, they got everything you need. There's always a sale. There's always a party. I love those guys down there, Derek and my man. They ship across the country for free. For free, if the orders are over uh, over fifty dollars, and if you want to call them, eight one eight five two three three nine seven five. Also, our main motherfucking sponsor. Get to it. Let's keep it going. My people over at Adam and Eve, fill your fucking Easter basket up with some vibrators, dildos, and DVDs. <laughs> Why wait for a rabbit? Go in there and fuck the shit out of no, your wife and your, your girlfriend. Woman hunt it find down an herself. Egg in, find an egg in that fucking monkey and eat it. That's where the fucking egg is in between her fucking legs. It ain't under no fucking bush. You want to find a good egg? It's called the uterus, you cocksucker. <laughs> Suck that motherfucker. Anyway, Adam and Eve. <laughs> For all your sexual needs. Go to Adam and Eve right now. Order something for Val uh, whatever. Easter Sunday. They've got dildos. They got uh rubber dicks. They've got men fucking sex aids. They got films. They got lingerie. But you gotta go to the webpage to see it's go there. to the webpage, go into the discount code box, and if you type in Felicia F E L I C I A, you will get ten percent off, free shipping, a gift, fucking lube. Asshole lube, toe lube, you get everything. And that's why I fucking do all my shopping at Adam and Eve's. They even have a sale on Benoit balls. They went out in the 80s, but <laughs> they're making a comeback. Again? Can you say Benoit balls. Mm, they're having a sale on Benoit balls. balls. But people don't know who Benoit balls because you're too young. You stick like 22 balls on a string up your girlfriend's ass. And once she pops a nut, you pull that motherfucker like the 4th of July. And it's all over but the shine. Next thing you know, a Chinaman will show up with a bag of egg rolls. <laughs> that's how you eat that fucking monkey. Also, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to JR. Joey Custom. Custom screen print. My man up in Rochester helping me out with some shirts. And beside that, Felicia Michaels. Well, I would like to say, by the way, if you are in the neighborhood to shop for anything else other than sex toys, please go to Amazon. Uh, through our webpage. If you go to our webpage at beautyandthebeast.com, there's an Amazon banner. Click on that banner. That's a portal. It'll take you right to the Amazon site. It doesn't cost you a penny, but uh, we get uh, a little fee because uh, you heard it here. Go to amazon.com through our website. You could also go to iTunes and do us a big fat fucking favor and put a sweet review on. Come on, Nick was over here sweating, telling stories, making us laugh. You need to go to our website and put a review at the Beauty and Beast uh, a page. That and would be wonderful. Where you at in Phoenix next week, Scott? I am going to be at the Comedy Spot this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday. It's going to be a crazy show. Uh, Will Durst, I hear, is going to do some guest uh, spots. and. That'll be a lot of fun. And then on Thursday, I'm going to be at Boston at the Women in Comedy Film Festival. And next month, I will be in Chattanooga at the Comedy Hitch. Okay. And I will be at the Miami Improv, March 29th through the 31st. Get your tickets now. 305-441-8200. Tickets are going fast, cocksuckers. Decide that I love you. I love you, Nick. Felicia, you sexy motherfucker. Uh, you know, like sweet. Clint Eastwood wore a poncho, uh -huh, I got my but poncho he had a gun under it. You got those awesome. tremendous titties under awesome. it. One shoots you and the other one sprays you with fucking milk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, one, one could dream that at night, yes. <laughs> I love you, yeah. Felicia. Right. Thank you for another great show. Thank you, Uncle Thank Nick. Thank you, Nick. Bye, bro. Mwah.